I'm Andrew Haynes, and this is the Fair Game Podcast, the place where we talk about all things golf. We've got two emerging brands on the podcast for this episode. We'll discuss gear, of course, but we'll also take some time to get to know the people behind these brands and the impact they strive to make on the game. The two founders and brands, drumroll please, are Drew Kohler, co-founder at Blue Tees Golf, and Michael Verska III, also known as MV3 from Asher. Let's get started. Welcome to Fair Game. If you guys haven't been on the pod, well, you haven't been on the pod before, idiot, Andrew. But uh, we do this like fun roundtable format where we have a couple of guests on. Um, basically, like if we were to go play a round of golf and just spend four hours together nerding out and talking about weird things. Um, and I thought playing a round of golf, AKA recording a podcast would be fun with you guys because you guys both work in golf. You guys work for some really cool brands doing some interesting stuff, um, Asher and Blue Tees. So I'd love to just get you guys on. First of all, just hear about you as individuals, how you got into golf. Uh, all those stories are, are fun for me. And then a little bit about what you do at your respective businesses. And then I'll ask you some, some questions because I'm sure our readers are, are, are very curious. Let's see. A little about me. Uh, Michael Verska. Um, I have the same name as my father. Uh, he's worked in the golf industry for 25 plus years. So I get that on Twitter a lot. It's like, oh, like two Michael Verskas. Yeah, that's that's right. So I was, I was born into golf. Um, I'm the marketing manager at Astro Golf. So anything D to C uh, is, on, is on me. So social media, website, all that kind of jazz. And uh, been here for about three years, and been it's been a wild ride. Nice. One question, and I have a couple more follow ups. Uh, so, have you ever done like an MV two type of thing with Roman numerals? I just that would look really cool, like with your initials. Yeah. No? Uh, I so I'm actually the third. Oh, you're the third. Yeah. All growing up, I played baseball. Uh, my dad called me three as my yep. number. I'm the third. Uh, literally, it got so bad one time that. He was yelling my name, Michael, and I just didn't respond until he yelled number three. Uh, so that was, that was kind of funny. But <laughs> yeah, I, we we do some Roman numeral things when he when my dad was at Adams. We used to do like V twos and V threes with hybrids, and I always thought they were about me. And he he would always say like, "Oh, I kind of was, you know, inspired by your your MV three, but nothing nothing concrete on on paper." It's just good. You should just make like just very random like one off merchy things. Like just make a hat and like. You know, just tell everybody Grove 23 was actually inspired by you. You know, you should just do it. That would be sick. I, I was born, uh, I'm, I'm, my birthday is February 16th. MJ's is the 17th. And my family's from Chicago, actually. And I was born at like 1045 at night. And the doctor was like to my mom, like, hey, do you want to wait another hour, hour and a half to see if we can get him born on MJ's birthday? Like, there was a final game <laughs> going on in the background. That's but, die hard. That's great. Yeah, That's awesome. I love that. Can how was so growing up in Chicago? I mean, I grew up in New York, and I am a Michael Jordan fan because I'm just from that from that era of like watching him on TV. Is he like the the god there? Like like that city runs on on Michael Jordan pretty much. Oh oh yeah. There's I mean Michael Jordan has a restaurant. He's got a steakhouse. He's got just about anything that he can put his name on. He he has, and uh, yeah, everyone's a Bulls fan. I don't think you can have like a goat conversation there because it's very one-sided very biased so uh yeah it's it's a, it's about as mythical as you as you would think 
I love that. And then when did you start playing golf? Uh, in high school. Uh, we're, when I was in, in uh, my, when we were in Chicago, um, and I worked at Wilson, he was director of golf there. So we got a nice membership at the country club and I, and I totally took it for granted because I was just a beginner type thing. Um, but looking back, I would be there every single day if I could. Nice. Started then, stopped playing baseball. Now I'm a golfer. Did your dad work in golf marketing or a different department? Uh, he's on the design side. So uh, he, he worked on, you know, the, the hybrids, like I said, at Adams. At Wilson, he was a little more man, manager project, as I said, when he was director of golf. But um, yeah, he's always been in the design fitting type realm. So you can catch him on Twitter doing weekly polls about how hard it is to get fit or the, the common stereotypes of fitting. Very cool. That's fun. I mean, it's interesting. So second generation golf industry, but completely different like department from, from pops. Uh, that's cool. So like fam, typical family, like is your mom into golf? Uh, do you have any siblings that are into golf? I'm just curious around the, the Thanksgiving dinner table dynamic. Like what are you guys nerding out about? <laughs> Uh, my mom, no one actually is like a diehard golfer. I have a little brother who's playing uh, division three volleyball at, uh, in Chicago, but he plays golf every time he doesn't have practice. Uh, and he's becoming, obviously as an athlete, he hits the ball a mile. Uh, so still working on honing in the uh, direction of the ball, but he's got the golf bug for sure. And then my mom's obviously super, she's not a golfer, but very appreciative of it because she got to, you know, go to cool places like Pebble beach and all these places growing up and see the scenery and be like, okay, like if this is what golf gives me in life, like I'm cool with that. For sure. Yeah. I dig it. And then, so getting, let's talk about Asher for a little bit. Cause some people have probably heard about the brand. Some people have seen, you know, some gloves here and there. You guys also make a bunch of other things. Uh, like a little bit about just how, how the brand got started. Like what's the brand, you know, mission and what they're looking to do in golf. And, and then tell us a little bit about, about your role there, like your day to day today is it's Friday. What are you doing today at the office? Give us all the top secret information. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Asher was uh, found in 2009, went through a, a rebrand in 2017. Uh, it, it used to be Asher used to be really cool gloves. You know, we wanted to make, highest quality and the coolest gloves that disrupted the mundane as we like to say like you know you, don't, you won't catch really any of our employees wearing white gloves white traditional gloves not that there's anything wrong with that but uh we just like to add a little more flair to that as it's an extension of your personality and style um and then was it 18 i think it's been only 18 months now we decided to go you know what let's make some really cool sophisticated minimalistic uh apparel and it's just been been up from there so now we make everything from pants polos Layering pieces, those are some of my favorites. Like we have a tech vest, layering hoodie. Uh, we just came out with like a rain jacket for for all those all those uh, golfers that want to go to Bandon and then get rained on. Uh, but it's obviously a little little more stylistic. It's like that cool dyed storm dyed pattern. Um, and then so that's that that's that's where we are currently as a brand. Um, my day to day is hectic uh we run a really lean team here but uh, it's i mean friday let's see I, I get in the office pretty early i'm a morning person so i'll spend the first hour hour and a half just like data data analyzing that was my that was my minor in college so run a bunch of data just make sure everything's going the way it should be look for some trends maybe i'm missing um and then just kind of check through the tax task list we got a big we have a lot of cool products coming from the spring 
um, including some, some new polos. I'll, I'll, I'll drop that down there. It's brand new material that we've never done, brand new styles we've never done. So keep on the way for that. But uh, the, a lot of content to create in the next month. So it's been a lot of planning, uh, chatting with some other people, just seeing how they're doing. Maybe we can work, maybe we can work with people in the future. I, I love collaborations. I love finding cool things that each brand can bring and pushing out to everybody else. So that's been the day so far. And I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it's not over after this. Nice. Awesome. So before we move over to Drew, I have one question about gloves. Is there ever an instance where you are wearing, are you a, a Tommy two gloves guy? I, I am not. I can see there, there, uh, I've met some people who have given some valid reasons why. Um, like we, we met this girl who's a stud. She's at uh, Arizona state right now, but she wears two rain gloves and she just like, that's, that's what got her comfortable swinging a golf club growing up and has never, never quit, but you'll never see me with two gloves, but, uh, which is shocking considering background in baseball, but I was always taught that was taboo. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. So like, in, are there baseball guys that only wear one glove? Is anyone? No. Or is that they all wear two? Uh, yeah, in baseball, everyone wears two gloves. It's either right. two gloves or no gloves. There's no in between. Interesting. I'm so fascinated that you grew up in golf. Like, was it all golf all the time? Because I come from a background that is about as far away from golf as you can possibly <laughs> get. And like, my dad and I taught golf all the time. Like, that is what our conversations center around at this point in our life. Yeah. I, what was it like growing up? in in this space like when he's when your dad's designing and, and doing all this uh it was i you know looking back like i i I, re- I remember the nuances and things like that where he was you know i i feel like i get a lot of my work ethic from my from my dad because he was up i mean speaking if he had blue eyed glasses growing up i, I he probably should have because i remember so many late nights he'd just be on the computer watching highlights sunday i mean the weekends were I mean, there, there was nothing else on the TV besides the tournament that was playing that, that, that afternoon. Cause you know, he's got to follow his guys and yeah, they're doing, it was, I mean, looking like it didn't seem overwhelming growing up. Like we would have conversations. My dad, uh, he didn't play, he picked up golf after college. Uh, he, he played college baseball. And, uh, so we, we had a lot of mixed sports conversations, but looking back and now having like the professional lens that I do, like. There were so many things that I wish I would have asked about that I ask about now, but like there were so many opportunities growing up I could have asked questions. Like that's my where like my head's going is like we're both building companies in our own respective ways. Like, do you yeah. feel like you kind of have some of the answers to the tests right now, or at least are able to lean on some of the lessons learned in the past as you, you know you rebranded a couple of years ago? You're bringing new products to market. Like, I assume that's a, just an invaluable resource. Yeah, I do feel like I have a really good corner uh, just because anytime I have a question, especially like golf is so awesome in the fact that it's, you know, tight knit, close quartered, but there are some things that unless you're in the industry, you have no idea about. Um, right. So th- I, I can't tell you, invaluable is a great word. Like how many you know times I'll call my dad, you know, like, hey, like we have this product. Like, who do you think? Like, I, I here's the use case I see. Do you see a different one? Like, you talk to guys who are playing or weekend warriors playing every Saturday. Um, so yeah, he, he's, he's a great resource and I'm very, very lucky to have him. Yeah. That's awesome. I do want to have one of the big chunks of conversation. I want to get into um, just, I guess I call it user feedback because both of your brands, like the people that are using your product are probably giving you data and feedback, like 
every minute of the day. And so I'm curious about how you guys impact that. But let's circle up to Drew. So Drew, give us a quick, give us the Drew 101. Yeah, so I, I did not grow up in golf um, at all. I grew up playing sports, though, all the time, constantly outside. I grew up actually playing ice hockey and basketball, so I guess technically two indoor sports. But um, wait, wait, are you Canadian? What's that about? Yeah, no. I, in I, LA? I, dude, I, uh, <laughs> I am dating a Canadian, and hey. I got to skate on, I got to go. skate on my, first, uh, my first pond with her and her family, uh, over New Year's, that was childhood dream come true. Like full, like I'm not a selfie for like full selfie. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> dad, check this out. I'm on the pods, like bucket list item check. But I grew up playing sports. I remember my first set of clubs was um, off the used rack at the Mission Viejo, Roger Dunn. It was a set of pin seekers. Um, and like hockey motion, right? You're hitting a puck. So I'm not saying that it was like a natural motion to hit a golf club, but I was like, oh, this is like kind of similar and transferable. Um, and it was fun. And then, um, played a little bit in college, like recreationally with friends, but it really became a passion after school. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go to the park and play basketball and like try to tear my ACL, right? Like that just doesn't <laughs> sound great. Like the rehab process on that, like doesn't sound good, but, um, so yeah, I picked no. up golf like a lot after college. Nice. That's the thing. I feel like, any because I grew up playing basketball like high school middle school just like fun you reach a certain age in life and you and you can you see the look in the eyes of the other guys in the court you're like you're trying to hurt me and guys are going so so hard like aggressive flagrant fouls and you're like I can't I can't tear an ACL like I got a kid like I can't I can't go tell my wife I tore my I tore my ACL playing picket basketball it's not ideal the juice is not worth the squeeze. Not <laughs> I worth agree. the squeeze on that one. It's just not. No one's dunking. Like no one's getting paid. We're not, we're not even playing in jerseys. Like what? Why are we trying so hard? <laughs> but you better you better believe the shoe game is going to be tight wherever you go nowadays. And if like the shoes will look great, and everybody else will be like, all right, like let's, let's see what's happening out there. A hundred percent. Speaking of shoes, basketball, and then also getting back to Jordan. How? I have many pairs of Jordan 1s. How do we feel about a Jordan 1 as, I mean, its original purpose, a basketball shoe? Like, did you guys ever play in those growing up? I played in the 3s, the 4s. Yep. The 4s are my favorite. And then the 13s. So those are more of like a mid-high top. Yep. I don't know. I, I think it'd be great. It'd be cool. I don't know if you... I mean, there's like such an iconic like style like silhouette right i mean people where i'm just walked i i think it'd be hard to see him as a hoop shoe right now yeah yeah i feel like modern day technology has made it where you could like probably play and have your ankles bleeding after but I mean, when you watch <laughs> the last dance and mj's like actually playing in those and i was like wow it, the soul was not what it is today that's yeah right i'm, I'm impressed that's the thing the given the soul was not there there's, the soul was not, there's no bounce back. It's just a, a block of rubber. If anybody is going to bring that back, it's going to be PJ Tucker. And then once he wears them, it'll go viral. And then everybody else is going to try to wear them and we'll see what happens. For sure. I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I played in them a couple of times. They're not very comfortable. They are ideal for streetwear. They are a very good range shoe. Because they're like, 
they're soft. They have like I I literally wear and people probably eye roll and can't believe that I'm doing this, but like I, I'm forgetting the pair. But it's like it's the white ones with like the red heel and like the gray, light gray suede toe that like disappeared in like three seconds off of like the sneakers app. So I got a pair, but I'm also very, uh, very much one of those people where I get things and I believe that also things are meant to be like used and worn. I'm not precious with anything that I own. So yeah, I wear them to the range and I walk around them and I beat them up and they actually are in pretty good shape. Uh, but yeah, they're a great range shoe. So anyway. did you, did you pick up the, like the, the black and white ones with the golf bottom? Have you tried those out? I have a couple pairs of those. Uh, I've worn them. I had one pair. I wore them to Scotland this summer and like walked. So I was over there just with um, Adam shooting some stuff. Uh, I walked St. Andrews two or three times. They Here's my thing about those shoes, right? And sorry, Nike. Uh, the Jordan 1 low in golf is probably one of the prettiest silhouettes of a golf shoe. However, uh, I wish it had more traction. Uh, and I wish there's a little bit more arch support, um, but I love the shoe. So I bought a couple pairs of them, but like I, they, I go through them pretty fast. My most uh, recent uh, project, which I literally just uh, shipped out yesterday. Have you guys seen that guy on Instagram named Govern? Govern. Oh, the guy's got unlimited kicks. Yeah, unlimited kicks. But basically, he'll do the soul swap. Yeah. So what I did was I had... An old, I went into my, my New York City storage locker. I got an old pair of, they were like a Nike, like vapor lunar lawn. Like, I don't know if you remember that shoe, but it was like a typical like Nike like shoe. Like the Flyknit? Uh, yeah, with the Flyknit. Uh, and then it's like a carbon plate sole. So I, I basically said, hey, dude, I got those and I got the latest pair of the all white Jordan 1 Lowe's with like the crocodile like tongue and or heel and toe right and i was like here's the deal i need you to take the spikes off of these deconstruct the jordan one and i've seen videos he'll do it he'll drill holes and take it apart and then he's gonna make it a spike golf shoe so i literally just dropped him in the mail to him last night um the amount of money that this pair of shoes will end up costing me i might even get disclosed in this podcast it is it is like atrocious but I'm going to have a spike pair of one. So I'm stoked. <laughs> but we, we definitely need to follow up when those come back in. Well, I hope that there's like a one of one AH serial number on these shoes or something like that. That's they, it does sound incredible. I need to do that. I've been making a lot of one of one random projects. Uh, you guys know the Nike, those Tom Sack sneakers. Oh, like the Mars yards. Uh, those new ones, they're called like, what are they called? The general purpose shoe. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. I do. There's like brown yes, ones. Yeah. Yeah. The brown ones, the white ones. I got a pair of the, the white ones in StockX. Again, overpaid for them. And I've been, they do have a little bit of traction, but I've been curious about potentially spiking those. I don't know. I'm just. That, that could be bottom from The bottoms of those from the renderings online already make it look as though that there's like traction. Yeah, there's a lot oh, like they have a little. Yeah, there is there is a bit of a lug, but I also like like them as a style shoe. And I know that once you spike them, it's like your options go down in terms of wearing them. So I don't know. I'm still I'm still debating. Well, Nike, if you're listening, which we know you are, please, <laughs> please help us out. Please help us out. Please help us out. Uh, but yeah, but I'd love to hear from you, Drew, just with Blue Tees. Uh, 
you know, because for someone who didn't grow up in golf, now you you run a golf tech company, uh, which is which is what like how did how did that get started? Yeah, I was uh, I was living in San Francisco. I went to school up in the Pacific Northwest and grew up down in Southern California. And so after school, I was like, where can I be that's close to all my friends up here, but also close enough to family down here? And so I naturally ended up in San Francisco. And it was super, super fun. And in San Francisco, in my opinion, there's like, you do a couple of things for, for fun. Go out to eat, drink, lots of outdoor hikes and stuff. You can go to shows. And then there are a couple of golf courses in the city. And so there's a golf course called the Presidio still there. It was five minutes away from my house. And my buddies and I were just playing golf constantly. And just, you know, once you get the golf bug, it's you know pretty hard to kick it. Right. And so we were playing golf constantly and we got good enough at golf, respectable enough. I shouldn't say good enough, like respectable players enough to where we could play bad, but fast. But we also wanted to have a distance measuring device. And for us, based on our skill level, spending 550, 600, 450, even on a distance measuring device was not worth it to us. Right. I would much rather take those funds and go buy a driver or go get a couple of lessons, right? Just to help out a game. Like it wasn't worth that type of money. And so on the other end of the spectrum, when we had this idea, there's a lot of direct on Amazon, but they're like a hundred, 110 bucks. And so naturally, like we went and gravitated towards those. I bought one. And then my buddy, Chris, our CEO of Blue Tees, one of my best friends, he also bought one. Each of ours broke within the first week for different reasons. One of them was, his was completely inaccurate, just didn't lock on. Um, mine, IPs popped off. And then the customer service from the company that I purchased it from just like, didn't respond. So like, well, that's kind of a wash. And um, and we were just talking about Jordan, right? And the influence that Jordan has uh, amongst all sports, right? And kind of the brand that it is. Um, I We love brands. And so when we were looking at, well, is there a company that is building a super high quality Accessibly priced rangefinder, right? We don't want one of those cheap because those break and kind of get what you pay for, right? But can we buy something that's super high quality, accessibly priced, but something that like talks to our generation of golfer that kind of cares what they look like, that's going to have multiple pairs of Jordans, right? That might have the Vessel Golf Bag, the Asher Golf Glove. Was there a tech company doing this in golf? Um, and we didn't see one. And so being in San Francisco, we kind of naturally are surrounded by entrepreneurial people, right? And I was doing go-to-market consulting. So it's like, hey, I got this go-to-market thing down and my buddy Chris says, well, I got this finance and e-commerce and operations thing down. And then our secret sauce is our head of creative, Brandon, our chief creative officer, and he's an industrial designer by trade. And he's like, mm-hmm. guys, we could really disrupt this space. And so um, the three of us together had this wild idea. And essentially our goal was to emulate what Travis Matthew did to golf apparel or emulate what GoPro did to like cameras and sports. And that's what we tried to do with uh, blue tees and golf technology. Nice. It's so true. Um, and obviously I'm a designer, so I'm biased, but the power of good branding and also just the, the notion of, and both of you guys do this, but this idea of 
when you create a brand or a thing where people are allowed to, I mean, just to get back to Nike, like with Nike ID, like one of the greatest programs of all time, have they, was Nike ID the first shoe to offer customization, by the way? Do we know this? We're going to have to ask the internet. Um, but anyways, but this idea of creating a brand that's not limited where people can decide, hey, I want to wear a black golf club or I want to wear that beautiful like camera, caramel brown one that you guys make. Like just having a brand that allows people to be able to, you know, be unique and be themselves and seeing what that has done to golf is really cool. Um, so anyways, I think that's that's a pretty dope story. So then um, Drew, and then I don't want to circle back uh, and talk a little bit with you, Michael. So from a, like a tech angle, so you have an industrial designer. Um, did you have to nerd out and learn a lot of stuff about lasers and directional, like how those things work? Because I... I roughly understand how a rangefinder works, but I don't really understand. I'm guessing it's a laser. It's yeah. a laser. We learned we learned a lot in the beginning, right? It was like, I mean, I don't have a technology or engineering background, right? Chris doesn't. Um, but we found people in our kind of just the environment that we were working in, friends of friends, right? Who are able to help guide, advise, drop knowledge on us. But I learned a lot about lasers and photons and all sorts of different like eyepiece perspectives and what's the difference between OLED and this glass and all that stuff. So I, I know a, an a obscene amount about this stuff now that's not really that cool. But yes, we had to like learn real, real quick um, to get this thing up and running. For sure. And I'm assuming Michael as well, like Cabretta leather and like you just had to just spiral on all these things as well. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of different parts of that. There's a lot of different processes that you do not expect when you're diving into the uh, makeup of a glove. I mean, every stitch matters. Obviously, golfers are very particular about their grip. So yeah, it's there's a lot of lot of different stuff. Nice, sweet. Are you guys watch guys? By the way, I love watches. I love uh, the I love like the beauty of them. I'm, I I can't handle things in my wrist, but I love I love researching them and looking at them. So for sure, yeah. Because I feel like Drew, are you, is that a Cartier you're rocking? What is that? No, um, this one. So I'm a brand. I, I'm a consumer to the fullest. And GQ yeah. has this thing called the Quarterly Best Box. It's yep. fifty bucks a quarter. Yeah, and it's over two hundred and fifty. Mm -hmm. in value and this one was sent in there yesterday actually and i just love the like monochromatic of it and it's super small and it's like oh yeah that's great. i love that shape yeah it's it's like really thin too and it's uh, i usually wear a i have a shinola gmt monster that i love mm -hmm. and that's like my everyday one but this one is like i got it yesterday so like might as well might as well wear it and i like the color scheme of it strong i, I love it so uh can we transition a little bit to talk about, can you give us a little sneak peek on things that you guys are working on right now? So what is, cause I know we're getting up on golf season now. Um, we're both of you guys. Cause I know I ran into, uh, I ran into Drew at the PGA show. Were you guys there, Michael? Which was funny. Hey, I, I wasn't personally there, but uh, we had, we had some representatives show up. Go up. Got it. Um, so I saw a little bit of, of, of what blue tease is doing. Um, but with Asher, so specifically just with going, getting into the new golf season, what's your, I know sometimes with like brands and marketing, you've got kind of have like a big core push for the year. Like what's the, what's, what's the core focus for, for 2023 for you guys gear wise? 
Um, the core, my, I would say, let's do my focus. My focus is to better help consumers understand color stories, if that makes sense. Uh, we're all like in the design and things like that. And it, and that matters. And so like this year at, we've always been about like versatility and, you know, you can wear this vest, you can wear this vest in the spring, you can wear this vest in the fall. Um, so, I mean, without giving away too much detail, it's going to be really exciting to just tell color stories instead of seasonal stories, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like here are the colors of our season. Here's how it matters. Here's why it matters. Uh, here's how you wear it and here's how you can go total one day and contrast the next and really, uh, just make your style personal. Um, so I feel like a lot of people out there, there's like, Oh, like I'm just wearing whatever today doesn't matter. It's like, well, like your, your style matters, at least to us. And, uh, every, every layering piece, you know, that, that, that all affects your one. I mean, if you're golfing that day, it affects your swing, it affects your performance, it affects your confidence. And I mean, sometimes confidence is the key to actually scoring lower. So, uh, hopefully infusing some style with some confidence and, uh, obviously building on the, the cool, the really cool gloves we have and how those will all incorporate and tie together. For sure. Question, should the golf glove match the shirt, the belt? Like, because here's the thing, right? Because we're talking about leather here, right? This is this is OG, this is OG like style, you know, getting down the rabbit hole. Does the glove the, the glove accent the belt, the shoes, or does it go in, in either direction? Like what's everyone's gonna have a different take. I'm just curious in your take. I want to get your take and I want to get Drew's take as well. Personal personal opinion, I don't think that it has to match one 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 thing. Uh, yeah. Obviously, at Asher, we believe like I think I've already said it like twice, but it's like an extension of your style. Like if you're if everything comes together, and then you know, let's say like I do this all the time. Let's say you go like all black, then you go with like a a cool statement glove style, like a like a dusty rose or an ice blue or something like that. Like yes, they go together, but they're not the same color. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm all about. I'm I'm a big sneakerhead too. I think that there's room, especially with your glove. It, it's kind of similar. Like you could wear. It's okay for your shoes to stand out as much as your glove does. For sure, interesting. Drew, what's your take? How are you accenting? What's your 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 glove go like color wise? Like, are you thinking about that at all? Or you're just like keeping an OG with the white. I don't necessarily have access to the optionality of gloves, as I would say, as much as Michael does. But (laughs) we we can change that, Drew. Come on now. (laughs) If if I did, I would. I mean, like, no, it makes sense, right? Like, you know, you wear all black and you got a pair of like white kicks that pop. Or if you're monochromatic in the day, and then you have a monochromatic glove that right ties into the theme. I mean, I think that's awesome. I mean. We have four different color range finders. It's the same same design, but there are four different colors. And the whole idea is like, whatever you want to rock with, right? If you like blue or if you like the black or if you want to go white, like express your style and have some optionality. And I think it's like similar to the gloves, right? Like represent which, what you like and, and take it out there and play with confidence. For sure. Drew, would you guys ever, because I know you guys have some some levels of customization with the rangefinders, right? Like, can you can you fully build out one like any color you want, or are there some limitations? 
this one right here, if you can see it, that we did a collaboration with TaylorMade for the launch of their Stealth Box. But I don't mm-hmm. know oh, the sick. camera. I know that everybody's listening to this and can't really see it, but you can see like that carbon pattern in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so it. we hydro, yeah, we hydro dipped this for them, and so we do have like that full customization capability, which is fun, and like put logos on the back oh, right nice. here. Um, That's cool. But yes, we do have the ability to fully customize these things, which is fun, um, and that's that's part of the the fun part of my job is finding awesome partners to to do fun stuff like that with. For sure, yeah, because colors are dope. I'm I'm probably a little bit of both, where I am fifty percent like I want a fun modern pop, but also fifty percent a little like OG. Like I there's to me there's nothing better than a white golf shoe. Golf shoes look the best in white. Something about the silhouette, but I do like that little pop where like. The glove has something special. And I'm also a big fan of the colors that the colors that don't look like colors at first glance, like the dusty, like, cause from a distance, you're like, oh, is that white or is that cream? And then you, and then you're like, wait a second, or like a super, super light blue. Like those are the colors that I like. Cause it's like, it's not screaming too hard, but it's clearly a little, a little different. So anyways, but yeah, everyone's got their style. Yeah. What kind of gear are you guys rocking by the way? each of your respective bags. Like let's, I'm sure you guys have some interesting stuff. I've got, I have an awesome vessel bag, um, which all black vessel bags got like a really cool pattern in it too. So it's not just like, doesn't look just kind of straight, like black. It's got a little texture to it, which is nice. Um, I've got a 15 and a half or 16 year old. I don't even know how old it is. Uh, Newport one and a half Scotty Cameron putter that has every little dink and ding you could possibly imagine, but it is my favorite thing that I have. Love and it. I've got a, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Part of me is like, should you get this refinished? And the other part of me is like, no, just, no, just do not. <laughs> right. Like just keep it as it's like one piece of stainless. It's, incredible um and then i've got a mixture of i've got tailor-made irons and vokey wedges and then i have that new tailor-made driver from the collaboration with them which they're kind enough to throw our way sick there you go it's funny someone uh we posted a picture from golf wrx of uh i think it was at genesis like up tigers uh classic scotty putter like super up close and you can see the wear and tear and it's funny, like a random person, I don't know, I can't remember their name, but you can see it in the comments. But someone in the comments says like that needs to be like refinished. And my thing is like, n- no, it, it's not the same putter. Like those every every nick and scratch has a story. And it's just it's 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 not the same. Like, don't get me wrong. There are a couple of accounts that I follow. I think there's one called Flanagan. That that do a really good job of like re like refinishing clubs and it looks really nice, with, especially with the ones where you know they'll take an old set of Nike blades and like strip off the paint and they're just raw. Like they just look really cool. Uh, but yeah, some things don't need to be refinished. That's that's my take. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning on the side of just like keep the dings, keep it as is. Don't change up a good thing. No, I agree. Michael, what's your setup? Um, opposite to Drew, I, I actually just got a brand new putter, uh, for Christmas and rocking a, uh, Toulon Las Vegas, Ooh. obviously having the Callaway connection. I do, I I'm, I'm full bag Callaway, uh, but I am still rocking an, an, an Epic driver. I haven't gotten a paradigm yet. It's just like, 
hits it straight. And I love it. I'm really drivers, drivers hard. So we'll see. But uh, yeah. And then I think, I think the like personality in my bag comes from wedges. Uh, back when I interned there, me and uh, Anthony Toronto uh, became close and he's a super awesome. So every time like I, I need a new wedge and just hit him up, like, Hey, can, I'm going to, I'm about to order this wedge. Can you just like snag it real quick and stamp something cool on it or something like yeah. that? So uh yeah full, full callaway and then i am rocking it like a jones bag going back to the i should put three on things my i have a the the cream jones bag and then got the just a three embroidered on the on the on the on the front so Ooh, nice what kind of three like collegiate three like a like a, a classic three like style font it's style. like a it's like a scripty three it's got like mm. it's a little 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 serif but but a little little retro I like that. That's dope. Yeah, Jones is a cool brand. I feel like the cream, cream is one of those colors that I think there should be more creams and bones in golf. I think there's not enough of it. But you also have to think about the uh, overall wear and tear. Like, are you spraying that bag down with anything? Like, you know that like shoe repellent stuff? Yeah, I haven't sprayed it down uh, yet. It's it's pretty new. I, I got it towards the end of, se- end of the season last year. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, definitely going into this year, I got to find some sort of or stain repellent, uh, shoe repellent type thing. I have sprayed shoes before. That's for sure. Maybe I'll just use the same thing. Yeah, I just did it, and I don't know if it actually works or not because I sprayed my my I sprayed the Tom Sachs, but then the weather has been great here, so I don't know if like I don't know. We'll have to see. I'll have to just step in a, like a muddy puddle or something. But I also don't want to do that. It's just not a good idea. <laughs> do that. Tom Sachs <laughs> did say they're meant to be worn all the time and everywhere. So. Yeah, he did. He did say that. But there is that line where like, look, I I think that things there is a line of wear and tear. It's like jeans like um, there is a like new jeans look terrible. Right. But like jeans that are like worn in and you get the whiskers and they fit your body like they just look good. But I've had some jeans where I've worn them to death where like I got a pair of Japanese jeans and they're 10 years old. And like now you just look like a bum. You, it, you just went too far. So I think there's that sweet spot and then it just goes a little too far too fast. So I don't know. We'll see how the Tom Sags hold up. So far, so good. So, yeah. Um, any golf plans for you guys coming up soon? Like, are we doing any trips? Are you guys, I, I know you're waiting for the snow to fall. Yeah. Well, Andrew, I got to ask you, I was listening to the pod with uh, Adam's dad. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Tokyo um, and I leave for Tokyo on the 6th. So in a couple yep. of days. And so oh, one, man. if I can get some wrecks, be much appreciated. A hundred percent. We're going to pl- try to play uh, in Chiba and then we're going to, we're going to Korea and we're going to try to play in Seoul. Nice. Be awesome. Apparently it's very cold and I might have to double glove. So uh <laughs> like 50, we can make it work it's fine 50, 50 fahrenheit out there but yeah that'll be that might be an experience wait wait, wait. 50 50 is not cold <laughs> <laughs> that's how you're L- that's la 50 is i'm not built for that cold maybe 45 <laughs> no man i am not built for that 50 is ideal winter golf weather Throw on a little sweater, maybe a beanie, probably not a beanie. You'll get hot when you start walking. Maybe a vest, maybe. The the city does that to you. I don't know. I I play now, like I'm thinking about playing on Sunday. The high is going to be 50. If I play in the morning, it's probably going to be like 43. Um, 
Yeah, your body just acclimates. A, a good friend of mine uh, moved from Buffalo. She lives in L.A. now, but I remember I'd seen her like a little bit later and she had on, you know, she moved out to L.A. She'd been there for like six months. And then it was one of those like, you know, 55 degree, 50 degree. And she had on like a full on bubble coat. And I was like, what happened to you? You're from like upstate New York where like it's 10 degrees, but your body changes, which is it, and they say it doesn't take long. It takes like six months. And then your body's completely, totally different. I mean, first world problems I've got here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, be the first, I'll be the first. I'm complaining about nothing. I might play on Sunday, though. And it is. I'm looking at the weather. It's 54 is the high. So, you know, prep. 54 is nice. Yeah. Sweater. Yeah. You got you have to get the Asher sweater. So I have the Asher. Uh, I think it's like a. A, a merino cashmere blend or yeah is it merino yeah i think it is merino it's like a black hoodie simple uh it's a blend uh i also nerd out about like wool blends because i feel like cashmere by itself is too hot and wool by itself is not warm enough and i think the blend is like ideal uh so i've, I've played in a couple times it's dope but you should check them out you guys should do a fun little you guys should do a tradesies yeah Dude, we can, it sounds we like we need it sounds like we need out for you out for you for japan yeah, that's yeah, what I'm hearing. Twist my arm. We need to get you guys some some products sent your way, some speakers, some rangefinders too. Japan is so like I I have nothing nothing but good things to say about that place, and I I need to go back. I'm pretty giddy. I know giddy is a funny adjective, but like <laughs> you don't hear that a lot. That's true. No, I'm I'm very excited for it. Have you? So first time, never been. Never been. Um, yeah, never been, but going for blue teeth. Like it's all distribution, nice. all marketing, trying to figure out like how is it marketed, how is it sold right firsthand. And then we've got meetings lined up with some incredible potential partners. And so it'll be a, be a good time. Exciting. Yeah. It's a really it's a very unique, at least from my small my short time there. It's a unique market when it comes to golf. I mean, they love golf probably more than we do. Um, yeah, it's just like, a, it's a different vibe and a different scene. And like the style is cool. And like just J Japan as a whole, like, I think everyone has very unique style, um, which I always like appreciated down to like, you know, you'd see a, a random old person like walking from the subway and she's got on like patent leather, like Doc Martin boots and like a dress. And it's like, oh yeah, you're like someone's mom, but like that's, you look cool. Every, everyone has style. It's great. It's food's great. Everything's great. You're not going to want to come back. Right. It was a it was a bit of a being a New Yorker, it made me realize that like New York could be we could be this if we got our act together, but we can't. So it's just it, it just is what it is. But yeah, enjoy your trip and play some golf. I have one other question, because I always love to take like the local perspective. Favorite course in each of your respective cities. And you can only if you pick one. You're playing this place for the rest of the year, every day. It could be day in, day out. You can't play anywhere else. Um, public or private, prices are relevant. It's, it's kind of wide open because I think you get some interesting things when people say. I live close enough to Orange County where I'm going to take Orange County as the city for there this one. Um, there's a public course called Arroyo Tribuco. Um, it is my favorite course. It is long and challenging but narrow in places and it's a public track that you can get on and it it's everything i love about golf love it what's your favorite thing about it is it just the setup the vibe um nostalgia mm. 
played there once or a few times in high school, played there a few times in college, still go and play there all the time. They've got an awesome restaurant bar with this big old wood burning fireplace that's on often. And there's like so many TVs in the bar. Um, yeah. Nostalgia and really good people there. Nice. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's some great country club golf in Los Angeles, but like that, that's the spot. See, I love that. That's very cool. I will say there is something to be said, and this is something that I've learned, like just as I've, I've played more golf, but this idea of you could find like nostalgia in one course that you keep playing over and over again, like the, the familiarity and like the relationship you build with the course, it's hard to describe. Uh, I'm not a member anywhere, but like I play a lot of the same muni's in New York, and it is that like I know this place, and like I know where to hit it, and I, and I know what happens when I hit a bad shot over there, and like it it just has that fun layer to it. And then also, it's always great when like you know the people in the pro shot, and you can like go in there and like shoot the shit and hang out. And anyways, so nice. We'll have to check it out, Michael. What's your spot? When the snow melts, where are we going? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm I'm gonna give an honorable mention, uh, just because like I feel like there's some awesome like local spots in Salt Lake. Like there's this place called Glenmore that's like maybe 30 minutes west. It's like public, but they keep like they keep such good care of it, and they like the greenskeeper takes so much pride into like the greens being rolled awesome, fairways being it's just it, it's one of the better well kept places um, that I've I've been to publicly. But like the top spot for me, it's up in Park City and Park City is like mythical in terms of like you, you, you drive up, you know, an hour up the mountains and all of a sudden there's just like really, you know, tons of undulation and, and, and all that kind of jazz. But there's a place called Victory Ranch in Camas. Um, the vibe's awesome. They have like hospitality stations every like three holes. So you never, you never, you never need snacks, you never need food. Um, and then it's obviously just, there's some really cool holes where you're just hitting a driver off and it lands, you know, it seems like a hundred feet in the air and you, you feel like you hit the ball a mile. Um, and obviously it's just really nice and comes along with private golf. I love that snack station. Every three holes is that is something else. It's I've never, I've never been to another course like it. Yeah. Cause it's like, how, cause the question is, how do you pace yourself? Like. Are you starting out with drinks and then getting a light snack? Because like, that's a lot. It's a lot of snacks to cover. Are you skipping some? Do you feel bad if you skip one? You know? Yeah. No. I think you gotta. You just gotta keep stay. I I do drinks every time just because I I chug water gator. I chug all these. I'm, I'm a big drink guy, but you you got you. I made this mistake. Like you can't like pound all the fun stuff like candy and frozen cigarettes bars <laughs> like that in the first three holes or else yeah, yeah or else you're, you're you're losing you're losing the rest of the round but uh it's it's a slow pace it's it's like golf you gotta be you gotta be patient yeah that's that's actually wise wise words drew so one note for japan just uh when i got to, when i went i didn't play over there but um adam played and uh, the group that i was with a couple of the guys played so depending on where you're playing and depending on the group there's this like break in the middle of the round where you dude have you heard are you have you heard about this are you prepared for this oh my i'm ready for a three-course meal at the turn it sounds yeah. unreal what that's awesome it's a it's a full-on you play nine you and i think it's like a two-hour like sit down like multi-course thing and then you go back out apparently it's a whole thing yeah it's a thing it sounds great 
Yeah. There's no like, there's no running in and like grabbing a bar and going back out. It's like, come inside, like put on your jacket. We'll have to circle back after that to see how it goes. But yeah, but it makes the day long, which is kind of cool in, in some regards, but also kind of like, I got to get back home. But you're in Japan, so you got nowhere. To, you're, you're in no rush. I, I've got... I've got nothing but an empty hotel room to like go back to. So might as well spend my day on a, on a golf course. And I, I think it's gonna be so unique. That's why I'm excited about it. Yeah. It's really cool. Well, enjoy the trip. Thanks for coming on the pod guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of the fair game podcast. If you haven't already, you can hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever service you may be using. We've also launched the Fair Game app, golf's first digital clubhouse, the place to play your game and connect with golfers across the country. You can find it in the App Store or on Google Play. You can also find us on Instagram at Fair Game Golf and check out some of our original videos on our YouTube page. You can find all these links in the podcast episode details. We'll see you next time.